Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for joining us on Stand Up for the Truth podcast. The warfare is increasing, and we know we must be doing something right. Oh, man, I've got stories, but just um, just keep praying for this ministry, man. It's, it's actually exciting, uh, frustrating at the same time, but um, we appreciate you. Uh, if you're going through any warfare, you can always email us. We would love to pray for you. Um, so many things to get to today, but I just want to share a couple headlines real quick. You know what? I, I, I better open in prayer first because <laughs> there's just so much today to get to. Father, thank you for waking us up today. I ask your blessings on each person that's listening. I pray that you'd strengthen their heart, encourage their faith, challenge their perspective, and wake them up if they need to be revived, Lord, and help us all to take a stand for Christ. Help us all to be stronger in the word than we've ever been in our lives because times are getting very, very um, dark. And Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your help in these last days. Uh, we know, God, prophecies are being fulfilled and a lot of things are yet to come. But for your church, your body, the remnant, Father, strengthen us, encourage us, help us to uh, be able to see what you're doing, Lord, and trust you in all things, even when we don't understand what you're allowing. We love you. We thank you that we can overcome because of the Holy Spirit in us, because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We lift up this hour to you in this day. Help us to see the news and everything that's happening as uh, potentially potentially overwhelming as it is, help us to see through that uh, biblical lens, through our Christian worldview in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, first a couple headlines. Uh, we're going to get to this story in detail in just a little while. The crisis at the border, the southern border. Um, just in, feds are holding more than 4,200 children in cages, they're calling them whatever they want to call them, but it's some of the same things that was were used during the Trump administration, but yet the media is not calling them cages. They only did that when Donald Trump was president. But some are saying there are jail-like stations unfit to house minors. So that's just one of the many headlines. Another one, the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, told CBS News yesterday, that if, quote, loving parents send their children alone to the U.S.-Mexico border, the Biden administration will care for the child. He said the government will care for them. With whose money? And how are they doing this? How are they, how, what's their plan? You know their plans. Um, one other story we're going to get to. So we are going to talk about the crisis at the border. We're going to talk about Los Angeles school districts plan on tracking every child using Microsoft's Daily Pass COVID app. That's right. A tracking system for the public schools for kids. More on that 
this podcast and a child court judge. Um, he's th- this is not surprising. This headline, but the ex leader or the ex head of an LGBT group that promoted drag queen story hour has been arrested on child porn charges, child pornography. An ex head of LGBT a group that promoted drag queen story hour. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, you know, some of this is not surprising, but it is disturbing. That's where we need to pray. People need to be saved. Their hearts need to be changed. The gospel needs to go forth. But I'm going to get into another story in just a little bit. Uh, my weekly article over at Freedom Project Media is called Cartoons Canceled but Porno- Porno- Pornographic Grammys Celebrated. Uh, we're going to get into that, um, the display that Cardi B openly put on, basically a sex show on primetime television. This is where our nation is today. Did you know that China banned the Grammys because they were too offensive and immoral? China banned the Grammys. A, con- a communist nation banned, <laughs> did not allow the live broadcast of the Grammys into the country. America, our children, no matter what age, could see this immoral filth that we'll get to in just a minute. And if let that sink in. But first, from Tim Wildman at the American Family Association, he wrote about a threat to national security. He said, I'm a Christian. And I love my country. So now I'm a threat to national security? According to the radical left, my beliefs, yes, would qualify me as someone who needs to undergo deprogramming. And the subsets I belong to, white, southern, conservative, and male, make me the worst kind of human beings walking the earth. That would be humorous if it were not true. It wasn't too long ago... All of us loved our country. It didn't matter what race we were, what part of the country we were from, what religion we were, what political party we supported. All that went to the side when we stood each morning in the schoolrooms across America 50 to 100 years ago (laughs) and put our hands over our hearts and recited the Pledge of Allegiance. That was a good thing. No one even fathomed kneeling during the national anthem would be a problem. Again, it didn't matter your race, creed, color. There was unity in support of the red, white, and blue. And it wasn't idolatry. Some go that far. But the founding fathers were men to be honored and revered for having the ideals, the courage, the foresight, and the wisdom to birth a country that was based on a belief in God, moral values, and liberty. In our eyes, there was Jesus. And then there was George Washington. It was ideas expressed in the United States Constitution and Declaration of Independence that ultimately led to the end of slavery that existed in some parts of the country and to the end of legal discrimination against Americans because of skin color, racism. Christianity did that. The same values of individual freedom and limited government led to the most prosperous and generous country in the history of the world. Think about that. Those who came before us created the greatest country in the history of mankind. When I see these people out on the streets protesting America, 
I don't see any of them wanting to go back to Europe, Africa, Asia, China, any other part of the world that their ancestors came from. My people came over from the British Isles in the 1700s. I like a lot about the Brits, but I am an American. Our history is one of getting rid of kings. The history of Britain is one of setting up kings. In most places in Africa today, it is life as it has been for thousands of years. Whoever has the most weapons runs the country. There is little economic prosperity. Africans are often undereducated and worshiping false gods. For these reasons, they are impoverished and segregate themselves into tribes. Asia is dominated by China, where national leaders enforce atheistic communism. They use weapons to enforce this totalitarianism. And if you cross the Communist Party, they will send police to take care of you, take you away or worse. In many Muslim countries, people of other religions are openly persecuted physically and otherwise. Whereas China is secular totalitarianism, Islam is religious totalitarianism. What I'm saying to those who want to protest America is this. Show me a model country in the world that is better off than the United States of America. Can we improve in places? Always. But these people who support the secular, progressive, godless social social justice movement, they don't want to make America better. No, they want to tear our country down and install secular totalitarianism. They hate God. They hate the Bible. They hate the Constitution. They hate America. They want to see Christian nationalists punished. They desire to have us eradicated from societal participation because we love America and all that she has traditionally stood for and represented. The problem for them is there are a whole lot of us out there and we are not going to surrender our country without a fight. Tim Wildman, American Family Association. I hope he's right. I hope there are a lot of us that are not willing to surrender our country without a fight. Lord God, help us. Uh, There's so much going on right now. I do want to uh, share some good news before we get into the podcast. At least this is good news in my opinion. And this is about my book, the book update. Um, As you know, uh, the publisher is now editing and getting ready to publish my brand new book called Canceling Christianity. And I just got a note uh, last night from my publisher. He wants to move up the release date of Canceling Christianity. Now, in the book world, in the publishing world, this is almost unheard of. I am so thankful. Praise God. And he said, it, 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 we got to move up the timeline because it's important that the content is timely and needs to get out, he said. So my publisher is moving up the date to, I think, April 20. I mean, this is just amazing to me. This is like going to be a record, I think, for publishing. So praise God for that. Keep that process in your prayers, please, because, um, you know, the enemy, We'll pull out all the stops. He already is. He already has. He's working on us over time. Those of us who are standing up for the truth and those of us who are in ministry, uh, patriot pastors across the country who are boldly proclaiming the truths of God, standing up to tyranny. Um, this is just an odd story. I want to just read this and get this out of the way. 
A college, I can't believe which college, removed a plaque honoring slain missionaries because it was deemed offensive. A college removed a plaque honoring a fellowship of slain missionary alumni because it described the indigenous tribe that speared them to death in Ecuador as savage. Believe it or not, this is Wheaton College. The plaque commemorating missionaries James Elliott and Ed McCulley, according to an email obtained by the Daily Caller, uh, first reported by the Spectator, the plaque was gifted by the class of 1949. It, it was uh, gifted to the college in 1957 to honor their fallen classmates for their fatal mission to bring the gospel to the indigenous people of Ecuador. Quote, recently, students, faculty, and staff have expressed concern about the language on the plaque that is now recognized as offensive. The plaque says, quote, For generations, all strangers were killed by these savage Indians. After many days of patient preparation and devout prayer, the missionaries made the first friendly contact known to history with the AUCAS, A-U-C-A-S. And Wheaton College removed this plaque because it used the word savage. Um, The missionaries, for those of you who don't know the story, were speared to death. Their bodies were thrown in a river while trying to make contact with this tribe in Ecuador in 1957. They're trying to evangelize them, share the gospel with them. So the reworded plaque will carry forward the memory at Wheaton College of brave missionaries and their sacrificial uh, witness, while at the same time respecting the Wadani people with whom they shared the gospel and the love of Christ. Um, there's a task force now to work on the rewording of this plaque. But Elliot McCulley, along with fellow missionaries Nate Saint, Peter Fleming, and Roger Yadarian, initially made friendly contact with the Wadani people, formerly known as the Alka, exchanging gifts with them for months. However, shortly after meeting face-to-face with the tribe, the five missionaries were murdered with spears and their bodies thrown into a river. And as of Wednesday, the plaque has been removed from the Edmund Chapel at Wheaton College. It's just one of those stories you just scratch your head and go, is this what it's come to? (laughs) Offended by words. Okay, Um, another one here from the Alliance Defending Freedom. This can be attributed to uh, General Counsel Kristen Wagoner. She said, quote, the Senate... The U.S. Senate has just narrowly confirmed an extremist, Xavier Becerra, to serve as Secretary of Health and Human Services in the Biden administration. As I've stated in the past, Mr. Becerra holds little regard for the rights of conscience or protecting vulnerable human life. During his tenure as California's Attorney General, he aggressively led the charge to silence and prosecute pro-life advocates while cheerleading the so-called Equality Act, legislation that ignores science and biology, harms women and girls, and attempts to deny Americans their fundamental freedoms. From his new role, we expect Mr. Becerra will continue his attack on Christians on the civil liberties of those with whom he disagrees. However, his confirmation will not stop ADF 
from our steadfast commitment to advocate for religious liberty, free speech, the protection of life, and parental rights, even if it means meeting him once again at the U.S. Supreme Court. So there's a little press release. If you want information on his radicalism, it's, there's many articles online about, again, his name, uh, Xavier with an X, Xavier Becerra. Okay, next. Um, Los Angeles schools are going to track every kid using Microsoft's Daily Pass COVID app. app. School officials say the COVID tracking app will keep kids safe, but critics warn with that the technology required in order for children to attend class infringes, infringes on kids' privacy and that parents should be concerned. So it's the L.A. Unified School District, L-A-U-S-D. Uh, they announced Daily Pass. It's a COVID tracking system developed by Microsoft. All right. Thank you, Bill Gates. Uh, the app will scan children in schools using a barcode to coordinate health checks, COVID tests, and vaccinations. The Daily Pass generates a unique QR code each day for each student and staff member that authorizes entry to a specific L.A. Unified School. An individual must have a negative test result for COVID, show no symptoms, and have a temperature under 100 degrees in order to gain entry to class. There's more. Uh, Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense, said parents should be concerned. Quote, if data is the new gold, then LAUSD's new daily pass is providing a lot of gold to Microsoft and other institutions. Uh, she said the, the district is compromising the students' privacy and freedom of movement and segregating children based on unreliable testing. John Whitehead, constitutional law attorney, author and founder of the Rutherford Institute, said parents should ask a lot of questions. He said the COVID daily pass is about control, not safety. Quote, we are moving into a total surveillance state and an entire generation of young people are acquiescing to, to the police state. Privacy, as we know it, will be deleted and no one will be overlooked. The Daily Pass will not catch people who are asymptomatic carriers of COVID, but officials hope to address that issue through weekly coronavirus testing of students and staff. Students will also be required to socially distance, wear masks, receive regular temperature checks, and undergo additional surveillance and screening testing. According to the, quote, COVID-19 and reopening in-person instruction framework and public health guidance for K through 12 schools. Uh, Whitehead said schools should be doing everything in their power to bring parents into these discussions and parents need to come together and start speaking out against measures like the daily pass tracking uh, before it's too late. He said schools, the, the school needs to provide an alternative for parents who do not want their children to participate in these measures whether that's virtual learning or a separate building. So we'll put all these articles in today's podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. This one's called L.A. Schools to Track Every Kid Using Microsoft's Daily Pass COVID App. So these we'll put up. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, an article by Ben Shapiro. <laughs> 
Wokeified military aims at a new enemy, and it's Tucker Carlson. It's not a foreign enemy. Also, it turns out that promising free stuff to illegal immigrants causes more illegal immigration. We'll talk about the Cloward-Piven strategy, which we've reported on uh, for many, many years, but now it's come into place at the southern borders. They're trying to crush the system with illegal immigration. And we are talking uh, also in the, the next segment about the Grammy Awards show Sunday, which I hope most of you or all of you missed it. I reported I didn't watch it, but I saw clips and I'm getting information on the songs. It's disgusting. Again, the Grammys were banned in China, allowed on primetime television in America. Let that sink in. More on Standard for the Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Amazon won't let you read my book. That's an uh, article from the Wall Street Journal. Um, EPPC, Ethics and Public Policy Center President Ryan T. Anderson's got a book out, When Harry Became Sally. That's an honest look at changing minds in the debate about how to help patients who experience gender dysphoria. And I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs. A decade ago, most Americans had never had a conversation about transgender issues. Now, a question few had asked has only one acceptable answer. Transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. Joe Biden tweeted that a year ago. Transgender equality is the civil rights issue of our time. He's the same man that said climate change is an existential threat to the world and to America. All right, so um, can we talk about that? Ryan Anderson says, Biden says there's no room for compromise when it comes to basic human rights. Ryan Anderson said we might want to talk about what policies are best when it comes to athletics, for example. Should high school girls be losing championship races to boys who identify as girls? How about female-only spaces like shelters for victims of domestic violence? Should women in dire straits be forced to spend the night with men who identify as women? We're not even talking about bathrooms or locker rooms here. And what's causing the surge in the number of girls seeking sex reassignment procedures in the past decade? Might we, might we want to find that out before we rush to conclude that puberty-blocking drugs and cross-sex hormone therapies and even double mastectomies for 13-year-olds are a, quote, human right? That article is at the Wall Street Journal called Amazon. Won't let you read my book. Again, Ryan T. Anderson, the author of When Harry Became Sally. Now at the Grammys Sunday, I didn't watch it. I hope you didn't either. It shouldn't be allowed on primetime, but it is. Um, these events, these, the Grammys remind parents to monitor which artists their children listen to. You might say, hey, my kids didn't watch the Grammys. We didn't watch them. Well, your kids are listening to their music. And if they're not, their friends are. Okay? I'm sorry. I get, uh, okay. These events are a good reminder we should be discerning as Christians about what industries to patronize. Parents should think about what music and what online sources or videos your kids are listening to and watching, especially with all this downtime for COVID and all the time spent at home and online. 
what do you allow your your kids to pipe in to your house or their computers or their phones each day and into the eyes and ears of their children? Um, who are the singers awarded by their peers in these pornified ceremonies for the latest top 40 anthems that they've inflicted on this willing entertainment audience and talking about the Grammys and other award shows. Um, should we allow them to, to spend so much time with our kids? How about with us? We're talking about entertainment now. We have choices to make, don't we? For this year's Grammys, our cultural elites outdid themselves. Cardi B put on a live sex performance, pretty much. Stripper poles, backup dancers wearing thongs and lingerie. Um, this was aired on CBS in primetime. These singers are popular and role models to young women. Back in the good old days, and put that in quotes, feminists, uh, feminist heads would be exploding. <laughs> but we're more enlightened now, right? Um, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation released a statement condemning the performance. Quote, in a performance that could have been cut from a hardcore pornography film, CBS allowed a glamorization of stripping and prostitution to be broadcast in front of a national audience, a portion of which were children, for no other reason than for TV ratings. Uh, that was Don Hawkins, director and executive, uh, or president of the NCSE. Prostitution and stripping are never empowering for women. Remember J-Lo and Shakira at the Super Bowl sex show, the halftime show a couple years ago? She said, again, prostitution and stripping are never empowering for women as they set up systems that exploit and oppress women. CBS contributed to furthering the sexual exploitation of women and contributed to the normalization of porn culture. I agree. I agree. So now my article at freedomproject.com, Freedom Project Media for this week. How much more filth disguised as entertainment has to be displayed before people revolt over the onslaught of blatant, in-your-face, offensive so-called art forms? Are Hollywood and the music industry immune from any censorship of the most repulsive, vile content? The Gateway Pundit put out this headline. The Grammy Awards show on Sunday was a white-hating, police-bashing, woke-fest laced with vulgar, pornographic performances by scantily-clad female rappers. Author of Blackout, Candace Owens, a conservative, believes America cannot survive this immorality. She said, we cannot be sustained under these hyper-sexualized leftist values. So, friends, this is happening on our watch. Culture is being corroded. Too many Americans have forgotten how to blush. There's something wrong. Think about the cancel culture. There's something wrong when children's books, cartoons, and food products are blamed or canceled, but nudity, profanity, and pornography are not. The good news is the 63rd Grammy Awards show suffered one of its lowest ratings in TV history. And that's down 50% from last year, which was a low. The bad news, 8 million people still watched the celebration of godlessness. Sunday. How many viewers do you think were teenagers? How many do you think were young children? You know, on this podcast, since it's a Christian audience, 
I, I can't even mention Cardi B's song titles, let alone her profane, sex-driven lyrics. By the way, who decides what art is? Anyway, whether that's music, whether that's television, movies, whether that's you know art in a in a museum. Um, well, this certainly wasn't art, uh, but. The, according to the malignant media and liberal feminists, Cardi B's vulgar performance at the Grammys Sunday was sex positive, and it was all about female empowerment. That's one of the new words, right, of the decade? Tucker Carlson interviewed Candace Owens um, early in the week. He declared that the left, the powers that control programming in Hollywood and Hollywood and others, are intentionally degrading our culture. His guest um, Candace Owens said these kinds of demoralizing displays that portray women as sex objects are keeping young women down in society. She said, quote, Dr. Seuss, gone. Mr. Potato Head, problematic. Not enough genders available. Going through the supermarket now is a traumatizing experience. We lost Aunt Jemima last year. We lost Land O'Lakes Butter. We lost Uncle Ben and his rice last year because everything is so traumatizing for children to look at. But this... What we were looking at Sunday night was a lesbian sex scene being simulated on television. And this is considered feminist, iconic. It's, it's forward. It's progressive. It's the way the world's going. If you don't see that, Tucker, it's because you're a bigot. You don't understand. This is the way the world needs to go. I 100% agree with you in the assessment that this feels more sinister. This is starting to seem like it's not even left or right, not a political issue. This seems like it's an attack on American values, on American traditions, and you're actually actively trying to make children children aspire to things that are grotesque. This is not about diversity anymore. It's about perversity. We're celebrating perversity in America. And she's right. It seems perverse and sinister, friends, and I know you guys understand this. This is prophetic because it is demonic. This is part of the Antichrist spirit. Forces of darkness in high places are driving this decay of culture. God's judgment is coming. Now, these celebrity elites think they are their own gods, right? But they're in for a rude awakening. As you know, Scripture warns about those who are wise in their own eyes, and prideful and arrogant. And in Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, those who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. So imagine young children watching Sunday as the disgusting rappers, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, twerked on stripper poles and rolled around on a giant bed in prime time. But no one's canceling them. No one's canceling depraved music or perversion. Do you know what they are canceling? Cartoons. Do you know what else they're canceling? Amazon removed the documentary, created equal. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, Clarence Thomas in his own words. Amazon did it last month, month which was Black History Month. The film was one of the top streaming documentaries about a prominent black conservative. But that's not politically correct. That doesn't su submit to the Democrat Party playbook and cancel culture and big tech. So Amazon removed it. So go look it up this weekend. 
created equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words. That was canceled. But an X-rated song by an ex-stripper who, according to reports, used to drug men and steal from them, is promoted. True story. Cardi B used to slip men drugs, get them drugged, and then steal money. Steal their money, credit cards, whatever else. What's wrong with this picture? Back to Sunday's 2021 uh, Grammy Awards. Beyonce won a uh, Grammy for a song called Black Parade. A shout-out to black queens and kings out there inspiring the world. Another performer, H-E-R. She did a George Floyd-inspired song called I Can't Breathe. Now, she referred to last summer's riots in her acceptance speech, talking about, quote, that fight we had, meaning the time the riots and buildings were burning, stores were looted, cops assaulted, people lost businesses, others were killed, dozens were killed. She openly encouraged the violence, and, and, and just like Kamala Harris did, and says it should continue. Talk about things being upside down, friends, but this is the country we're in, and our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Remember, forces of darkness and high places are driving this demonic agenda. Now, you might be saying, well, this doesn't affect me and my family. We didn't watch the Grammys. And you might be saying, well, I don't approve of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, violence for any of these causes. The problem is this corrupt culture has been justifying and pushing these things and influencing public opinion and reaching your children through their iPhones, through their Internet, through primetime television and others, through their friends, through their other families, right, that your friends hang out with. But I was reading in the Gospel of Matthew a few days ago, Jesus warned about those who lead others to stumble. Think about this. Put Hollywood in this category whoever else. Jesus said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he should be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe, woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks. Matthew 18, 5 through 7. Christians, now, what's our part? We've got to stop accepting or justifying sin, conforming to the world. We've got to monitor our so-called entertainment. Now, the left is commandeered language. You've got to give them credit for their evil, their scheming, their their. they've made advancements that we that they couldn't have done uh, 50 years ago because of the direction of culture and the moral decline. Consider new meanings of the words, diversity, equality, empowering, like stripping and, and emulating a sex show. That's empowering to women, right? It's a lie of the devil. Inclusion, tolerance, evil is celebrated. Uh, celebrated and, uh, you know, we now uh, live in a culture where rap porn, soft porn on primetime TV, or how about effeminate men in dresses and makeup performing drag queen story hours for children, and then those children are told to avoid exposure to our founding fathers, George Washington, Clarence, Tom- Clarence Thomas, uh, Donald Trump, Gina Carano, Mike Lindell, Dr. Seuss, and Dumbo, but not Cardi B. Let that sink in. Now, um, another article before we get to the legal immigration um, situation, the crisis at the border, which is um, astounding. This week, President Biden's military declared its first war, but it was on Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Do you believe this? Carlson committed the great sin of pointing out the oddity of the fact that the Biden White House had been promoting brand new uniforms 
for pregnant soldiers, women in the military, in, in the military, rather than America's military efficiency or the face of the rising Chinese military threat, the Pentagon was filled with revulsion at Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson's comments, adding, we absolutely won't just take personnel, personnel advice from a talk show. Um, now the military itself recognizes that pregnant women can't exactly staff frontline positions. At 20 weeks of pregnancy, pregnant soldiers in the Army are exempt from field duty deployment and wearing individual body armor or standing at, at parade rest or standing at attention for longer than 15 minutes. They're not allowed to participate in weapons training after 20 weeks of pregnancy. So the military has reported in the past that mixed units, male and female units, underperform all male combat units. This is not necessarily a headline. The military itself reported that. But that wasn't PC, apparently. Um, it was unprecedented for top members of the military to unite in excoriating a civilian opinion journalist, Tucker Carlson. Had it happened on former President Trump's watch, the media undoubtedly would have used it as an example of politics, infusing traditionally apolitical institutions. Dark buzzwords like authoritarian, fascist would have been tossed around casually. Yet when the military was mobilized to attack Tucker Carlson, the media cheered instead. No wonder we're told that our military will somehow be stronger for tossing out gender-neutral physical fitness tests or paying for transgender surgeries or forcing soldiers to read the asinine musings of critical race theorists, our military is designed to deter and defend, to kill people and break things, Ben Shapiro writes. If diversity facilitates that mission, that's wonderful. But to supplant the military's chief mission with woke protocols of the political left is to undermine that chief mission. Okay, so we've got another minute before we need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the Cloward-Piven strategy on the southern border. Crush the system, right? This is happening now. A um, couple other headlines we have. You're not going to believe this. 13,000 accompanied minors in Border Patrol custody. This was a couple days ago. We'll talk about that story. Also, large migrant groups continue crossing the border into Texas. Texas alone, 24,000 in two weeks. All right, we'll talk about those stories and how what the Cloward-Piven strategy of 1960s that they've been working on for decades, what does that have to do with the border crisis? More in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So seven years ago, I wrote an article called Crush the System, Cloward Piven Strategy on the U.S. Border. Seven years ago during the Obama administration, at that time, 52,000 children in one fiscal year were apparently crossing the border according to U.S. Customs. Um, there was an increase of crime as a result. There was an increase of disease. Um, at that time, $1 billion was allocated to pay for social workers caring for the surge of children pouring across the U.S.-Mexico border. Again, this is seven years ago, an article I wrote. 
The humanitarian crisis is growing so quickly, it's outpacing the government's ability to handle it. America is a compassionate, generous country, but we have laws, we have a constitution, freedom, and protections for citizens, which are the primary reasons people come here. Now, for these, uh, for those on the extreme left, these are exciting times because they're getting closer and closer to a socialist society. Now, who's Francis Fox Piven and Richard Cloward? The Cloward Piven strategy. You can go to Santa for the Truth or DavidFiorazzo.com and type in the search for Cloward Piven. Members of the Democrat Socialists of America, the couple implemented an agenda to destroy capitalism by birthing several radical organizations, one after the other. One was ACORN 10 years ago uh, with the help of Wade Rathke, aiming to take down America's economy by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands. They called for overloading the U.S. public welfare system to precipitate a crisis that would lead to a replacement of the welfare system with a national system of, quote, a guaranteed annual income. Um, Almost 10 years ago, President Obama announced the United States would stop deporting hundreds of thousands of young illegal immigrants and he gave them work permits instead. Uh, Biden will carry on that and even worse. So this is a money-making racket for the drug cartels. Daniel Horowitz said, the answer to a raging fire is to stop pouring gasoline on the fire. We need to change policy, not more taxpayer funding to support the government-sponsored arson. End quote. The border could be closed if both political parties representing Americans, had the will to follow through. So that's an old article. Now up to today, the report, 13,000 unaccompanied minors coming across the border. Uh, they are in custody, for many for more than five days, which is beyond the legal limit. Uh, Rio Grande a border, unaccompanied minor, minors, many are being held beyond the 72-hour legal limit, but the media is not reporting it. There are, let's see, officials are holding at the Texas-Mexico border more than 13,000 unaccompanied alien children in border patrol facilities designed for adults. Even, this is something, even CBS had to report on that. Surprise, surprise. Um, Breitbart's, Breitbart's Randy Clark first reported on the Biden administration illegally holding these minors in jail cells beyond the 72-hour limit, but, of course, it's the Biden administration, so they're just uh, protecting the kids, right? But when Trump was doing that, oh, they're putting kids in cages. The situation is something President Joe Biden has seen before uh, in 2014 during the Obama-Biden administration. Um, but two years, three years ago during the Trump administration, with only 4,000 unaccompanied minors crossing the entire southwest border with Mexico that month, they called the crisis at the southwest border real. So that was 4,000 unaccompanied kids. This is 13,000 unaccompanied minors, illegal aliens, in, at just the Rio Grande border and, and at the Texas border. So in February, just last month now, Border Patrol agents apprehended 18,945 accompanied minors in one month. Remember now, Trump administration in one month, 4,000 unaccompanied minors, illegal alien children, in other words. Biden administration, 
18,000, almost 19,000. Is the media reporting on it the same way? You know they're not. Shame on them. Shame on the complicit media. That's another reason I've put together a resource list of news resources. You can trust it. We're putting in alphabetical orders. We're putting links to it, and I'm working on that. I'm almost done, friends. So um, (laughs) DHS Secretary Mayorkas appeared before the House Homeland Security Committee Wednesday and said this – the, secure, the, the secretary refused to call it a crisis. He said it's a difficult situation. Do you see the, the hypocrisy? Do you see the double standards here? Um, large migrant groups continue crossing border into Texas. Another Breitbart article, 24,000 in two weeks. So uh, Joe Biden won't talk to the press now. Did you hear this? According to Tony Perkins, Washington Watch, uh, he won't let his administration talk to the press either in the news that ought to incense American citizens. The president has ordered a media blackout on anything having to do with the immigration crisis. Everyone from Border Patrol to sector chiefs have been told to deny all access to the press. Friends, I'm going to say this. It's communist policy. This is communist policy. You can quote me on that. We've got a state-run media, but now the administration is telling everybody that it's like a gag order. It's a Biden administration gag order. Just how desperate is the situation at the border? Enough to risk an administration-wide cover-up. The White House is desperate to keep people in the dark about the chaos they have created. This is not a Trump administration problem. It's a Biden administration problem. Biden-Harris or O-Biden administration. Now, uh, under this cone of silence, even Biden's cheerleaders in the media are starting to wonder. One of them even said, well, I mean, if, if this had been the Trump administration, we would be all over it. Wow. We're even starting to hear some of that. It must be bad, right, friends? And it's no wonder. Now, instead of building border walls, we're building detention centers. Local mayors, like in Texas, Don McLaughlin, said, and he said his community is afraid to even go outside at night. In one city, uh, one mayor said we're averaging 10 to 12 car chases a week with criminals. He said we've never seen that before. And what about the Rona? What about the virus? Well, Americans who travel outside the U.S. are required to have a negative COVID test before they're allowed back in the country, or Americans are fined for not wearing masks, the Biden administration is letting untested illegal aliens, oh, I'm sorry, foreigners, stream into the country in massive numbers. Some that have been tested are coming up positive, but they don't know what to do with them. Hundreds in Texas alone have tested positive for the coronavirus. No film at 11 or no film at whatever they, no, no, no media report, no news at six, no news at five, but illegal aliens are, are testing positive, but hundreds of, I mean, tens of thousands are still getting across the border since Biden took over, right? It's no wonder that Joe Biden has gone longer than any president in history without talking to the press. He might actually have to answer for his America last policy. So it turns out again that promising more free stuff to illegal immigrants causes more illegal immigration. Now, the Cloward 
Piven. Uh, it's a political strategy of calculated chaos, first described in 1966 by two Columbia University sociologists I mentioned earlier, Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven. The goal was to create chaos, a political crisis that would result or lead to legislation for a guaranteed annual income and thus an end to poverty. Well, Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, tried to do that in the 1960s and failed miserably. Remember the great society of the booming bureaucracy in the federal government explosion during the Johnson administration? Um, did that eradicate poverty? No. Did that help the black community? No. So the activities of the past year from an imported Chinese coronavirus to a rigged and stolen presidential election and their textbook, Cloward Piven. This is leading to a massive shift in the leadership and direction of America. We've gone to a government by, of, and for the people. I'm sorry, we've gone from government by, of, and for the people to a tyrannical government controlled by a small cabal of self-appointed elites. Cloward Piven's objective is chaos and turmoil. In their words, a massive drive to recruit the poor into the welfare roles, and those coming over the border are poor, most of them, if not all of them. So a federal program of income redistribution has become necessary to elevate the poor in mass from poverty. The so-called stimulus, the $1.9 trillion, remember, to, to hopefully uh, relieve COVID, the COVID relief, I put that in quotes, air quotes. That was supposed to help, right? What's that going to do? Uh, that's socialist policy. In Cloward Piven terms, a crisis is a publicly visible disruption in some institutional sphere. Now, we've got one in the federal government and the increasing debt, national debt, and we've got at the southern border crisis. So this didn't begin with the Trump presidency, but during way back in FDR's New Deal, um, the Great Society, Lyndon Johnson, then there's uh, Medicare, Medicaid, the Great Society, welfare programs, the expansion of food stamps, uh, other social welfare programs, resulted in a majority of Americans receiving government, be government benefits, and now a majority of Americans uh, rely on government. And boy, weren't those checks great that we got in our bank accounts. Uh, many of us didn't need them. The people who really needed them, do you think that little bit would help their struggling businesses? Maybe. But in most cases, maybe not. But yet, we're going to pay for it. Democrats offer programs unpopular and unappealing to the majority of Americans. Cloward Piven is how they muscle their agenda through. They create a crisis, make it worse, and then the government comes in to help to save the day, right? Remember Ronald Reagan said some of the most frightening words in the human language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Do you know Biden's political campaign... Uh, uh, PR campaign. It's called Help is on the Way. Or, or Help is Here, the Biden, the old Biden administration. Help is Here. The government, sure, they're here to help. Um, now, I've got two minutes left here. We have rule not by our elected representatives, but by from what some would refer to as a, a senile aging man uh, signing executive orders, whatever is put in front of him, created by his puppet masters. Hiding behind the curtains, COVID restrictions and lockdowns created such an economic such economic carnage 
that an entirely new dependency class was born. Add to that tens of millions of illegal immigrants, and any resistance is met with protests and riots. Those who speak out may be canceled or worse. The media simply parrots the talking points of the ruling class, massive income redistribution via government programs with attacks on First and Second Amendment make it impossible for the people to push back either verbally or physically against a tyrannical government. Friends, we huh, we are in trouble, but thank God we know the end of the game. Not the game, we know the end. Jesus wins, truth wins, um, judgment is coming, evil will be punished. Um, universal income doesn't eliminate poverty, by the way. It expands poverty. So chaos and confusion, to wrap up in a minute, fear and uncertainty in a never-ending stream, courtesy of government, solved with executive orders by that same government designed to fix the very problems they created. So a few points, and this is, uh, remember I interviewed uh, Cheryl Chumley on Monday, Washington Times journalist, about her book, um, Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise or America Will Fall. A couple points, and I've got to go to a quick break here. But um, this is similar to the Cloward Piven strategy. You, you, they want to, the Democrats want to raise worker incomes. They want to create good-paying jobs. They want to fight for economic fairness against inequality, blah, 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 right? Unite all Americans, restore our democracy, secure environmental justice, affordable education, health and safety for all. And these are all rights. College should be free. Money should be taken out of politics. Everyone deserves a living wage. Everyone should have health care. All immigrants should have a chance at citizenship. Climate change has a is a huge threat facing our planet. E- equality for, I mean, who pays for all of it? Anywhere, there's so much more. I'll probably have to continue this next week because there's so much more about this radical takedown of, of America. But in the end, they won't win, but they're making a lot, doing a lot of damage. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right. On Monday, we have a brand new guest, Ed Stoll. We're going to talk about why our youth are leaving the church. Um, Tuesday, Andy Woods is back with us. Wednesday, Replay Wednesday, you will hear from Heidi St. John. And we've got a special guest I can't tell you about yet for uh, either Thursday or Friday, so we're trying to solidify that, that schedule. Jason Jimenez coming back with us. Gary Ka, Alex Newman, Mike Gendron, all on the way. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>